Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 67. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Generally Speaking About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Holmes. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I was too busy rocking out there. So, uh, is this the first time you've been here since we started this music? No, I was here the okay. first uh, the first time we ever did it near Sean it off, which is cool. Yeah, it's 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 like really neat to have this theme flowing through all the shows. Yeah, for less than a hundred bucks, you got your own music, which is awesome. that's right. We that now I remember having this conversation, DG. Yeah. It's been so long, my friend. I know, I know. I missed you and our listeners deeply. Well, I will it's tell right you here. Yes, right here. Yes. Tell me, how were your conferences that you spoke at? Tell tell us a little bit about that. They went well. They went really well, actually. Um, the last one I spoke at was the um, was the Ohio Council of Ministries um, convocation, ministries convocation, <clears throat> and it was it's made up of primarily a bunch of denominations, like, and it goes. I mean, the full gamut of denominations, uh, all the way to uh, some Roman Catholics and Episcopals and all the way down to, you know, really smaller, much, much smaller denominations. But um, it was funny because the one of the main speakers they had was the big vineyard guy, the big vineyard pastor at the Vineyard Church in Columbus. 8,000 in worship every week, you know, kind of a guy. And so he was speaking. And the, I mean, this is primarily made up of all pastors and, all, and like two seminary students. And then all of these pastors, they're all serving small churches. Yeah, and so here's this guy that gets up and he says, you know, he he's and he's trying to dodge how many people they have in their church, and he because he doesn't. I mean, it, granted, he's he's got this huge mega church, and all these other people are just like we're dying. Yeah, and so well, let's invite a big mega church pastor to come and speak about this is what to do and this is how to do it, and they're going, there's no way I can't I can't do any of that stuff. I, my budget is way too small. There's no way we could do any of that stuff. So that was the one speaker. Then the next speaker was um, a friend of mine, Michael. Now he's a friend of mine now, but he's he's the one who runs the who, who runs the blog churchmarketingsucks.com. dot com. I don't know if you're. Oh yeah, I've heard of. I've not been there except to like just check it out like one time when I heard the URL mentioned yeah. somewhere else. Well, his his idea is basically he got sick and tired of churches having horrible websites and horrible design and. And stuff like that. And so he wanted to create a place for them to say, whoa, wait a second. Maybe we can actually have decent quality stuff as far as marketing is concerned um, to be okay. That's so funny to think of church in marketing terms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but, you know, and, and that's, but it was, but anyway, so, so here's this guy and he's saying, your website's got to do this. Your, your PowerPoint presentations for your sermons uh, or media shout or whatever you use needs to look like this. You need to have something that's like this. And then he says, oh, how many people in here actually have a projector in their church? Four people raise their hands. Right. <laughs> Four people. And so they're like getting even more depressed. Nice. <laughs> by this time. And that was the first day. Mm. That that was the whole first day. And then, you know, of course, then Gary and I get up there and, and, and so I'm sitting there saying, hey, uh, church actually can be super effective in, in much smaller groups. It does not require a screen. It does not require marketing. It does not require 8,000 people to be here. You don't have to have a massive budget. You can actually be the community <laughs> that Christ had in mind within smaller gatherings that don't have to meet at the church building. Right. Um, and so it's almost like it was, it was, it was, it was wonderful to kind of give a glimpse of a ray of hope 
to all of these ministers, to all these pastors, because they were so disheartened. I mean, they're they're dying all over the place, right? Uh, especially because they're part of mainline denominations. Uh, it's, it, that that that's that's a trend that's going all all across the board. But and, and they're just so frustrated, and they they're grasping at straws. And so it was it was really cool to kind of give them a grasp of hope, and to be able to say, you know, it's it it does involve a little bit of a paradigm shift on your part, but it can really really be effective at loving your community. Not, right. not when I say community, I'm talking about the town you live in, exactly <laughs> your community, yeah, not the, the church, you know, not the the 25 people that have been the same 25 people exactly. for the last 25 years in your church on Sunday morning. Exactly. So, and I'm thinking about um, I might need to just pay you uh, some money, and we come in here and do the screen. What is it? What's that software I did the last time I did a? Pr- um, I think you. I can't remember what you used last time. I think was it, it screen ScreenFlow? Flow? Yeah, I think it's ScreenFlow. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks, but. If yeah. you have it, I might just give you some 25 bucks and rent it for one hour or whatever. There we go. <laughs> but I need to do that again because they were all begging for the slides along with audio cool. and screen flows. So, so that, that I, I know you have, you want to touch on somewhere in this episode, the follow up on, on something we talked about in the past with, you know, that it's impossible to do something or other. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. That's cool. Uh, and so don't let us forget that. Don't let us forget. I mean, it really that. is just like a sentence. <laughs> I, I know, but so, but okay. we're, we're already into the heat of this conversation, which, which I believe is a perfect segue into what kind of, um, I was talking about, about cool. with my friend, Robert Johnson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's my prayer partner that lives down in Florida. Florida. We've oh, been prayer partners yeah, you, for you told me about him you know, 12, 13 years now. And uh, he and I were talking about this conversation because he, a matter of fact, he, the only podcast that he listens to out of all the podcasts that I produce is the About the Church podcast. Oh, wow, well, okay. And so uh, he he actually uh, was, li- he's been hey, man, listening. what's up? How are you? Yeah. <laughs> So he was he was he was sharing with me about you know how it's really been helping him to to really ponder some of the questions that have been in the back of his mind and bring them back to the forefront of his mind. And what's really unique about Rob and I is that uh, I obviously I go to a very small church mm-hmm. that meets mm-hmm. in a high school gymnasium. And when I say small, I, I'm talking about small in as far as not being a a, a church with a building and stuff like that. Uh, which is amazing to think about. I, I mean, I, I, I will say this. This is really weird because we're running about 200 people in our church every Sunday who comes to the worship. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. The worship. The worship. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to. So the 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 celebration on the weekend. So we okay. have a we have about 200 people that come to that, and a very high percentage of those people are also involved in uh, both meeting in each other's home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also participating actively in service projects to the community, not within the community, but outside the community, right. which when I look back in my traditional church experience, mm-hmm. that if I was in the, any denomination that two, two, you know, 200 people coming to that big building that they have, that was a, that was a lot of people. It's obviously yeah, not a yeah. lot to a mega church. Now, but anyway, when I think about it, I, I think about small, I guess I say small church in the sense of what I consider to be intimacy, if you will. Okay. Where, a, a church setting where I feel like there's, there's definitely multiple experiences throughout the year for me to engage in relationships with people. Um, and, cool. not, and not just a small group that comes to my house on Wednesday nights. Right. Exactly. So with that, Rob attends a church uh, in Florida that is, I mean, it is a mega, mega church. 
and I'm talking the building that they just built, I think is, you know, in the multiple millions of dollars. And, <clears throat> and they have just, it's, it's insane the amount of stuff they have going on all the time and, and things like that. Six legs over Jesus. Six flags over Jesus. <laughs> That's my term for it. But here, here's what I, you know, you and I have been discussing. We talked about large church versus small church. We've, we've had, we've had, um, discussions of, and, and this all came about when I was at Watermark, our, my church this past, uh, two weeks ago. We had a, a vision night where the pastor sat down with small groups of people instead of just having the entire church and let us do another service and tell you all about us. Right, right, right. We had small group sessions with our pastors. And uh, basically, it's this phrase. We've had some people leave our church uh, recently, and, and we have ever since the church started. I mean, some people just don't get simple church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do, do you understand what I'm saying when oh, I say yeah. simple church? Yeah. So uh, some people just don't get it. They they feel like you know it's like, dude. Well, do you want to do you want to describe simple church for, for our listeners? Yes, just because I get it doesn't. Matter. Okay, let me explain simple church. Simple church is a church where it's not so much built upon Sunday morning, Sunday night. You have to have a church building. You have to have a discipleship program. You have to have you know this class, that class. You have to. I mean, you ha- it basically programs everywhere for everybody. And in a simple church, really only three things matter. Uh, and you can, you can actually use a ton of different ways to phrase this. But in our church, we, we've narrowed what our church is about down to three things, three simple things. It's, um, seeking, uh, let's see here, um, reaching seekers, growing believers and serving others. So basically it, it's about, you know, reaching out and building relationships with people who are not Christians. And uh, living in relationship with those people, mm-hmm. reaching out to them in relationship, <clears throat> allowing them to see Christ through us and hopefully turning them, you know, to, to getting them to the point where they understand who Christ is and will make a decision for themselves that perhaps they, that they too want to follow Christ. So then the second part of the vision of our church is to grow believers, which basically give, you know, put, connect believers with other believers in relationships that spur one another on towards good, good works, iron sharpens iron, those kind of things. And then the third thing is to, to take this and say, okay, this is great. Now we're all taken care of. Now let's go out and serve the world and, and serve others. <clears throat> so that's, that's what a simple church is about. And it's not about anything above that. Now you may do lots of things as an, as an outpouring of those three things, but when it all is said and done, a simple church focuses on those three things and everything we do or decide within our church says, how does this help us to reach seekers, grow believers or serve others? Mm. And, and if it's, if it doesn't have a clear rooted, um, uh, if it's not clearly rooted in those three things, then we don't do it. Hmm. So that's, yeah, that's that's not what I understood of a simple church. Really? <clears throat> yeah. What did you understand I of mean, a simple church? A simple church in my mind was was like a house church or something else like that. It's not it's not it does not have to include all of the liturgy. It just has some basic basic simple liturgy. Um and and you know and it would you know you can just do it to the very basics of the liturgy. You know, you have a gathering and you have some tar- some type of of reading the word and then you have prayer, you know, and and then you have ascending aspect to it um and and that, so a lot of times when when i hear simple church it's really just it's it's mainly talking about a smaller gathering of people and it really is just living simply together um and and experiencing god simply together without having you know this huge long liturgy and and, and stuff like that 
So it's interesting that you said that because you're you're my understanding of when you said simple church, you're talking about a simple idea of a, a yes. being church instead of a simple idea instead of a simple idea of practicing the worship. Right. So so, so, so that's, Todd, that's Todd is in our chat room and Todd, welcome to the chat room, by the way. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, he says, so basically, Cliff, what you're saying is simple church is one with a mission statement. <laughs> that's what I got to out of it. <laughs> no, let me tell you it, that it, that's, I'm glad that question comes out because yeah. in the way that I phrased everything so far, I'm sure that that's the way it sounds. And, right, and right, it's right. definitely not the case because I've been to churches with mission statements. And there's absolutely no way you could ever memorize their mission statement. I mean, it's sure. they, they've got a plaque on the wall, and they had to extend the wall out so that they could fit the mission statement up there. In fact, Watermark before Watermark had always had the simple church vision, but never had the sim, simple church clarity. And 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 I'll explain to you what I mean. Before when I when Stephanie and I first came to Watermark, they had a mission statement, and it was the four C's. Of Christianity and that, and they, they wanted to promote the four C's. And I, I'll be honest with you. I went there and, and there were a couple times they explained what the four C's were. And to this day, DG, I could never begin to tell you and explain to you uh, as a person who is deeply interested in learning what their four C's were, what those are today. Right. Right. Um, however, I can tell you that ever since we decided to go to the simple, uh, to, to, you know, basically it's the, it, it's, let's keep this simple. What are we about? How clearly and distinctly can we relate this to somebody who's here for the first time? Chances are, I mean, the thing is, is every time you come into a weekend gathering, you're going to hear reaching seekers, growing believers, serving others. That's what we're about. And then of course, when, when people start to investigate, what does it mean to be a member of this church? We talk about those three things. And everything is succinctly, it's, it's all steps. You know, one step leads to the, the next step leads to the next step. The vision is clear. The vision is simple. And yeah. that's, that's, it, so basically it's not that you have, it's not, a simple church is not a church with a mission statement. A simple church is a church where it doesn't matter if you're, you've been a Christian for four days or 40 years. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're not even a, a Christian yet. Uh, when you come in and you, and somebody explains to you what is the vision and the mission of this church, just about anybody can wrap their mind around it. Hmm. Whether okay. you agree to, to accept that vision yourself. Sure. Anybody in our church, and that's one thing I love about Watermark now, is we've been doing the, we've actually, we've, they actually transitioned the, the church's uh, mission and vision into the simple church method. And every single person I've ever asked in our church, can you tell us what our church is about? And it comes out clearly. And it's like, what, what is it about Watermark that you've seen? You know, how, in what ways does Watermark, you know, reach seekers? And they were, they're able to clearly tell us what, what each thing we do at church, how it, how it relates to what our purpose and our mission and our vision is. Mm. And I've, ne- I've been involved with mega churches that, that, um, you know, it, you, you would think that, gosh, with all the classes, Christianity 101, the, you know, this 101, that all the classes people were taking, that you would be able to ask somebody in the church, what's the vision of this church? You know, what's the mission statement of this church? Sure. And no clue. Right, right, right. 
Yeah. And so that's that's the idea. And in my understanding, when I talked in Wikipedia, when I did Simple Church and Wikipedia, which is the link I put up there, that's uh-huh. more my understanding of what I heard of what I what I understand when I hear the word Simple Church. Sure. And I see that as so, different. And I see that as differently as you. I, I yeah. see that as different as the one that you're describing. And let, so me, let just, me tell you, know, you, it's interesting that you have you know, all different kinds <laughs> of stuff. Well, let me explain to you first of all uh, where the term came from. For me, the actual term came from a book called Simple Church. In fact, I'll. See if I can just find it real quickly here. Give me one second. Book, Simple Church. I'll find it in one second. Eric Geiger is his name, I believe. And uh, here we go. I almost have it. It's pulling up now. It's almost as though we're putting some pressure on the internet here doing this live, you know? (laughs) All right, Simple Church, Returning to God's Process for Making Disciples. Um, and it's Thomas Rayner, Tom, yeah, Tom S. Rayner and Eric Geiger is the, um, is the book. And I'll put a link right. to that in the show notes if I can remember. And if anybody's out there listening to this in podcast form, you went to the show notes, it's not there. Feedback at gspn.tv and then I'll, I'll, number one, I'll email you the link. There and, you number, go. and number two, I'll then update the show notes. Nice, nice. I always like to throw that in there. Well, it's, you know, it's funny because that, that book is, I, I did see that, um, I did see that book. And then I found out that the main guy who wrote that book was, uh, Lifeway Christian Stores guy. Okay. And so I, I, and that, and that in of itself tells me, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Please don't understand. That's not a bad thing. It just helps me understand where the origins of where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And if it came from a very, it, and, and that does sound very much like a Baptist uh, understanding of, of what, of what they would hear when they hear simple church. Okay. Um, but it's, it really is interesting to be able to, to see what different thoughts come about. You know, this is the importance of terms. And I really, you know, I think churches take a lot of that stuff for granted. Yeah. Just like the sheer fact that you use the term seeker and I use the term normal. Yeah. Those are major, major differences. Right. Because there's so much baggage that's attached to each one of those terms. So I'm really glad that we got to define out well, what we both mean by a simple church. Cool. And, and I'll tell you what, let me actually, the, the it's very short dis- synopsis of this editorial review here, or product description on this website. It says, the simple revolution has begun from the design of the iPod to the uncluttered Google homepage. Simple ideas are changing the world. Based on case studies for, of 400 American churches, authors Thomas Rayner and Eric Geiger prove that the process for making disciples has quite often become too complex. Simple churches are thriving, and they are doing so by taking these four ideas to heart. Clarity, movement, alignment, and focus. Each idea is examined here, slowly showing why it's time to simplify. And so basically, I, I would say in, if, if I were to wrap it up with now having all this contextual conversation, mm-hmm. it's basically taking a church's, um, uh, taking a church's vision statement and mission statement and the way they organize their church, like, like a, like Yahoo homepage. Mm-hmm. And then turning it into the Google homepage. Right. That's simple church. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know that that's oversimplifying it, but I think with the conversation we've had in context, that just makes sense. It's basically simplifying. And so, and it's not just, and, and this is why when you say, well, when I think of simple church, I think of smaller churches and stuff like that. Um, I will tell you the, my favorite church to point to to show that you can be a simple church and a mega church is Andy Stanley's church in, um, 
Alpharetta, Georgia, I believe. It's it's, uh, North Point Ministries. And I think, is it North Point? Yeah, I think it is. But anyway. I can tell you. Yeah, (laughs) Google that one. All right. (laughs) But anyway, um, North Point is a simple church. In fact, I read a book called uh, Creating Community by, well, actually, somebody else wrote it, Andy Stanley. North Point Community Church. Yeah, North Point Community Church. His church is a simple church. And his church is got six. Well, the last time I read books about him in his church was about five years ago. And at that time, he's running around 16,000. So you can be this mega church and still be a simple church. Right. And when you read about how they, they, um, organize their church and the events that they do and home teams or, or small groups and stuff like that, their, their model is almost identical to ours. The only thing difference is they own these facilities and and stuff. So, yeah, and, and I put another book uh, in in the chat room here too. And the book that brings it brings it my understanding of simple church is called Simply Church. Okay, <laughs> and I put the Amazon link in there too if anybody was interested in that. Cool, but yeah, it's <laughs> you know it, the other the other aspect of it is really truly kind of trying to be a missional church, and of course. Uh, it's going to be lumped in with the emerging church and stuff like that as far as um, places or putting it in the things. But um, it really is kind of a, you know, it's 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 following the same thing that you're talking about as well. Um, but it's just decentralized, spontaneous kinds of movements, understandings. And those are the kind of variety of, of values that are expressed in simple church. Exactly. So Neil Cole, um, people like that so so in the past dg you and i have had the conversations and and i know that people have uh left feedback and voicemails and and one phrase and and, and this all started from where i told you you know we were we had this vision night with the pastors who was recasting the vision and oh, yeah, yeah, talking about yeah. where we've been in 2008 and the and the prior years our church is only four years old by the way yeah <laughs> and uh you know what we're looking to do in 2009 some of the things that we're going to tweak and change about, you know, our approach to some of these things. And one of the things they mentioned is that, you know, we always have some people who don't understand, who just don't get simple church. You know, they, they think that it needs to be more complex. We need to have a, an org chart of how we're going to move somebody from being a non-believer to, you know, basically starting a church of their own and, and being head pastor. And, you know, because that's obviously what God wants for everybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, he wants everybody to be biblical scholars that know how to read the Bible in Greek and Hebrew. So that, that's <laughs> what they want. They, they literally, right, they right. want people to be cookie cutter Christians and how are we going to get them from here to here? Right. And, uh, so people don't get simple church and, and the pastor was talking, you know, that some of the phrasing or one phrase that comes up often and, and they said, quite honestly, we've, we've decided and, and we have, um, we have actually three pastors in our church and, um, they said, we've make, we've made a, uh, uh, commitment here that we are going to for anybody who comes to our vision night to with our meeting with our pastors we want to explain to you how we feel about this phrase and mm-hmm. that is people have, people have said that we are a church that is a mile wide but an inch deep all right yeah. so and and of course we've used that and 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 and, 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 and which by the way I, that's the phrase that i i mean it's a common phrase but yeah uh, the first time i actually heard it used with churches was uh, when I listened to the author of Unchristian, mm-hmm. when he spoke uh, down in in Texas, he you know he said that in his his entire thing. He said the church has become a mile wide, but only an inch deep. Yes, 
And so, so, and in the past, the conversations here and about the church, we've kind of lumped that in and, and assumed that because a church is a mega church, sure, they're big, they're huge, and, and we're, and, and the concern might be that they're a mile wide, but only an inch deep. And, and of course, it's, it's funny because there have been people who wish our church was more complex, more organized, more structured and everything like that. And they're saying, gosh, you guys, you, you guys are so, you guys are a mile wide, but you're only an inch deep. You're not taking people deeper into the, you're not, you're not leading them down the path of discipleship and blah, blah, you know, and all this stuff. And I loved what, you know, now I don't know if all the pastors use the, all, all the same words, but I shared this with my prayer partner, Robert. And he, and it just, we had this conversation that sparked out of the, or spawned out of this. But my pastor says, listen, I want to define depth. Depth is not biblical wisdom and knowledge. Depth is not how much you study the Bible. Depth is not, uh, you know, how many, you know, it, it's not what you know, because it, honestly, you can know the entire Bible. You, you can have m- books of it memorized. You can, you can know how to read it in its original languages and, and you can do all of those things and have no depth to you whatsoever. And he says, what we at Watermark, we, we are concerned with being spiritually deep here. Right. And how we define as pastors, as the leadership of this church, we define depth as application. And so it, basically, and, and, and it, the idea here is we want people to take whatever it is that God's laid on their heart, whatever it is God's spoken on their heart, wherever they are in their journey, we want people to take next steps with God. Take what you have learned, apply it, application. And that and and that is a perfect in my mind a perfect understanding of what depth is and so basically what i what i shared with robert and the conversation we had is you know what it doesn't matter if you're in a church that that is is says you know hey if we ever grow to the point where we're 250 people we will plan another church by golly because we're going to stay small or if you're right, in a church right. where there are 350,000 members and you, and it's got you know all this stuff and it's all org chart org charted out. <laughs> wow, that was weird. I think Stephanie's cooking some lunch or something up there. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, whether you're in a mega church or a small church, yeah, you can't with that definition. You can't just assume that because a church is a mile wide. And reaching out that it doesn't have depth because sure of course. because people can always be taken that next step and that's what I remember having the conversation and I was like you know what sure maybe somebody with maybe somebody decided I'm going to mega church ABC you know whatever the name of it is because right. well you know what they I heard they have free Starbucks coffee and donuts. Sure. And, and you know what, uh, I was going to probably wake up and go grab some Starbucks and, and a, and a Krispy Kreme anyway. Well, I can get it for free at the church. Why don't I go there? And, and sure, that's consumeristic and then all this other stuff, but that person actually ends up going there and they hear and, or maybe possibly they might hear, uh, something from the word of God or, uh, or something where God speaks into their heart. And maybe that, that, something maybe it's not like all of a sudden they're out you know praying and devoting time alone with god but maybe they take a next step and for me that's depth you know it's it's taking people deeper and so i think it's one of the things that i 
I think back on some of our conversations, it's like, you know, we need to quit pigeonholing churches and broad stroking churches and just saying, you know, because they're doing things differently, that they're not accomplishing maybe what we're accomplishing. Sure. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I, on the Praxis podcast, the podcast that I do, um, I remember we had, we actually had a conversation with um, Alan Hirsch, who wrote The Forgotten Ways and co-authored a new book um, with Michael Frost. But um, anyway, we had a conversation. And I asked him, I said, where's the one place that you really are misunderstood? You know, and you speak everywhere, you write all these books. And his response was, you know, a lot of people really think that I am just anti-mega church. You know, well, what I'm doing, because he primarily does kind of put a focus, at least in the forgotten ways he did, at the early church and then the church in China. And so he's just basically saying these are two we really need to look at to be able to find out who we could be as a church and be able to grow in the midst of, of difficulties and strife and stuff like that. Right. And so a lot of people did take that. And he, and he basically would say, you know, I— you know, I, I could, I would be fine with, um, and he said, I don't, th- I don't have any problems with mega churches. I mean, he said, good for them. If they're doing something good, then, then let it happen. Um, but you know, I just, my, 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 my challenge to a lot of people that are a part of a mega church. Um, and actually my, this is my challenge to people that are small churches too. <laughs> you know, if, if someday the building went away, would you still be the church? And, 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 you know, and, and so, and that's why I'm thinking it need, you need, you do need to have a both and. Right. If, if you are this mega church and you're only doing the worship services and you don't have the smaller intimate relationship opportunities, then, then that's going to die with, with the building, you know, sadly, or die with, you know, just a set time to be able to do worship. But if, you know, if, if Russia comes in or, you know, North Korea comes in and takes over the U.S. and they say nothing's allowed to be worshiped, worship that way, then no longer are you going to be able to have buildings that are up and stuff like that. And you're literally going to have to go out and be the church in the underground once again, that it originally started out as being. Um, and so, I, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that foundation is not the million dollar building, mm-hmm. but our foundation and, 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 and that building is not where we find our identity, which sadly that's true for a lot of mega churches and a lot of people. Well, in mega and, churches. And it, and it, well, hold on. But, but if, but if we make say, our identity, these relationships and, and being p- the people of God here, then the building is just, it's just, it's just something else. Well, and I think, but I think just, just like there's a lot of people that believe the other way. I think there's a lot of people that understand that too, that are a part of mega churches. So doing this broad brushstroke thing, it doesn't work. Well, that's, (laughs) that's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Cause I want to tell you, I was involved in a very small Nazarene church, uh, for many years. And I was uh, even, well, well, I won't say anything else, but I will say DG that that church, that building was their identity. And the, and, and right. when, when I, when I started going to that church, there was approximately 25 people who attended every week. Right. Uh, there were some very awesome things that happened over the course of the time then th- with some things that we had done there. Uh, and, but when it came time and everything fizzled out and there was a church split when we left and ever since then, there has continued to be those same 25 people. Right. Right. And that church, their building is their identity. Exactly. It, like, in, in the, fact, it, that's what Methodist, caused the church split. Right. In the United Methodist Church, we're having all of these really small community churches dying out because people are, there's no jobs there. So they're moving and going to a larger, you know, metropolis area, an urban setting. And so 
we're basically telling them as Methodist Church, you don't have enough money to even pay the bills of this building. Right. So why don't you and this other small other community church actually start being the church together? Right. It's it's like you you just told them that they're going to lose every limb. Yeah, you know, they're absolutely. Just like, How dare you do that? There's you know, and so and they make this attachment to a building and that was never what Christ had in mind. So what I'm saying is, and I think we're both saying this, it's not just a mega church mentality. So please don't misunderstand us. Right. This is a mentality that's across the board, but we need to deal with it in the U.S. to be able to say this building is not what Christ had in mind. It's nice to have. But what Christ has in mind could be an understanding of simple church, and this is bringing it all back around the circle. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> to be able to make that a possibility to be able to do this. Right. And so I posted. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I should be doing Mardell postings. I'm sorry. I'm that's, doing that's Amazon okay. stuff. Don't buy it at Amazon. Buy it at Mardell and, and do it through a link with Cliff so he can get Well, some, you don't have to do it through a link. You can go to Mardell.com, M A R D E L.com, and just search for anything, load up your shopping cart, and just use GSP there you in go. the. In the promo code. Yeah, n- not GSBN's credit card, <laughs> but the GSBN, the GSBN promo code. does not own a credit card. <laughs> we, it's, we, oh, just put it on GSBN's tab. Yeah, just go in the shopping cart, enter GSBN, and I'll just say, thank you, GSBN listener. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I put a link there into um, Creating Community, uh, which is the, the book by, um, well, it's it says it's by... Uh, Andy Stanley and Bill Willits, but I'll tell you, it was, it's written by Bill Willits with Andy being, you know, obviously an influencer on the content. But I will tell you, this book is amazing. And I read it first before I read Simple Church and the two books, like, oh my gosh, it was so enlightening. And, and what I love, that's, that's really what I love is two things. Number one, Andy Stanley's church in my mind is a mega church, but it is a simple church and it has every bit of, of an opportunity there for people to grow in relationships, uh, at, at the same level that I have at Watermark meeting in a high school gymnasium. So the, so I will be honest with you. When I first started coming to Watermark, I was really concerned about one day, what if they ever decide to go out and buy a building? You know? Sure. Whatever, what if that day comes? Will I still maintain that this is the church for me? And, and so, uh, you know, I, I believe that it is possible. And, and of course I've, I've known about Andy Stanley in this book way before for, for many years. And I had just forgotten about it until I read Simple Church. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, wait a second. Andy Stanley's church is a simple church. In fact, if you read Simple Church, Andy Stanley is one of the, and North Point is one of the books that's a part of their, a part of their um, studies for that book, uh, research. So here's the deal. My friend Rob is a member of a gigantic mega church. I'm talking a huge. A huge enormous. A huge enormous. I mean, I'm telling you, they, they've, they put some money into their building. They've got, but they have lots of people. It's a gargantuosity. I, you know, they do. They stream their, they stream their worship uh, service and their music and their preaching on the internet. And they literally have sometimes 60 to 150 to 200 and some odd people who actually worship from their living room in other states. And so, I mean, there's just something about this church people just absolutely love and adore, and, and that's great. And it's a mega church. And here's here's what's cool. Of course, I've explained to you that Rob and I have been uh, prayer partners and best friends for the past 12, 13 years. And and I've I saw Rob kind of get a little frustrated when they did their most recent um, uh, spending campaign or or uh, uh, building campaign. 
And he was very frustrated. He, he was opposed to it 100%. And he actually ended up leaving and look, seeking out a smaller church. And uh, not from my prompting, he basically he just this was something he felt was necessary because he was just a little bit frustrated with how much money was being spent on this campus, this facility and right, right. and all this other stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you and, and Rob would tell you that, that, you know, he did not he was not able to find a smaller church that that continued to provide relationship and relationship opportunities. I mean, he found some smaller churches, but sure. they they were very stale and stagnant. And he ended up actually stopped going to church for a, a while. And then all of a sudden, just out out of the blue, he he started to feel like I I really feel convicted that I need to do something. Right. And so he went back to this mega church and and it's he's like. It, it just clicked for him and it wasn't a consumeristic kind of click because I know because he and I talk about, you know, some of the deeper things of our heart and what's right, on right. our mind and, and just he, he's really, I, I've seen a major, uh, couple steps forward, massive steps forward in the way that he is thinking about Christianity, about faith and stuff like that in the same way that God's moving me along. And it's amazing because we'll sit there and uh, there have been times when we'll accidentally go two or three weeks without talking and during our, our time um, of prayer and accountability. And this week, over, we had actually missed probably at least three weeks. And he and I were sharing what God's been laying on our heart these last couple of weeks. And it, we have been, it, it, it was so amazing how much God had been leading us down the same path along, along the lines of it being all about relationships and how, you know, he's talking about the fact that he is now actively seeking out people in his church to invite them to, to be a part of his life, not to invite them to just a Bible study, but to, to say, you know, Hey, let's go out and do this together. Let's right. come over for a cookout. I'll grill some burgers sure. and, and just really, you know, building those relationships with other people. Yeah, and the you know, and I've said this several times. The only issue I really have with the mega church mentality, I'm not saying they're not doing ministry for Jesus, <laughs> but the mentality is an attractional understanding of model that please come to us, and you're constantly doing the inviting, and so and, and so, and I'm thinking, well, how can we be able to transform that to be missional? That you join the mission of God. Wait, just a second. Wait, just a second. I'm listening. That you join the mission of God, the missio day. And instead of going on mission, you are a part of God's mission in the way you live your life, the way you live your life every day. And so you're, you're being a missional church, not an attractional church. I, I think that we should be attractive, but mm-hmm. I think that we are attractive because we are being sent and developing relationships with people beyond those walls. Um, and so that's, that's the only issue I've ever had with, with large mega churches as it still is. And I'm not saying that they're not dealing with that. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of churches are, a lot of mega churches are dealing with that well, but they still, they, they, you know, they were birthed in the, in the, in the church growth understanding and the church growth understanding was a very attractional, uh, model of ministry. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I, I don't see the, in our, in our area, there are probably, what would you say? Two, two mega, mega churches in our area, uh, maybe one. And and Professor Allen says, if you're worried about a particular megachurch mentality, then uh, that some churches have, then stop calling them uh, all, all big churches megachurches. Wow, well, Professor Ray's got a chip on his shoulder nah. there. So, but 
Here, here's okay. So that would be a good thing. How do we define mega church, or how do how are you define? I I define it with anything you know more than eight hundred members is is what I've all particularly called um, a mega church. Um, sure, whatever. I don't have a I don't have a definition okay. in my mind. I, just a big building that's you know larger than you know. In a, in the Methodist Church, uh-huh. you are a large member church, and this goes all the way up to the you know as high as they get. You are a large member church if you have more than five hundred people in worship on yeah. Sunday. So you know, in a Methodist understanding, you know five hundred is peas and carrots yeah. compared to a mega understanding. So I don't know. People want to define all that stuff all that, all, all the time. Well, well, here here's what I would say because because I want to go back to this and and your your concern for for mega churches or larger churches or whatever uh in in that they are attractional i don't see many of those churches in our area so i i can't say that i've been to a lot of mega churches but what i can tell you is i drive by a ton of small churches sure small churches where you know 25 people on sunday 50 people on sunday the Eight people on Sunday. Sure. Those are typical in, in these churches. Uh, and I would say in Hebron alone, there are probably about seven of those, uh, of those small churches. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And out of the seven, DG, the signs out front say, come join us. Right. We have this. You don't want to miss this. It, all attractional churches. Exactly. So it, that, my concern is not for the mega church that they have this, this, this philosophy. My my concern is that the entire church has this philosophy of attractional come be a part of what we're doing right. instead of being missional and going out. Right. It's, it, I don't think that that has. I mean, I don't think the fact that that's. I don't think that it's a large church problem. I think that's an all church problem. Exactly, and and so that's why I'm trying to say, okay, okay. Uh, Professor Ace says, "Quit saying mega church mentality." Whatever, okay, that's fine. I'll stop using that term. No, you can use that term. Um, but it? what I mean by that term, I'll define it out. That's fine. That's what he wants, uh, and that's what I'm, I'm glad he's doing. I'm glad he's asking me to, to help me define it out. What I'm really saying is, I have a problem with the church growth model, and the church growth model is attractional. It's butts and seats and money. Yes, and 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 what's and the reason I have a the reason I say the mega church mentality under that under that uh, blanket of church growth model is all of the small churches have bought into the fact that if we want to be successful, we have to look like that. Okay. Because they're buying into the church growth model. And I'm saying, no, that's not what Christ had in mind. What Christ had in mind was being sent, not expecting people to come to me, but us to go to them. And instead of being a church that invites everybody and constantly always saying, invite more people, invite more people. What we should be saying is, are you developing relationships with enough people to where you are being invited into their homes? Exactly. Where you are being invited into their, into their groups, into their culture. Exactly. And into their world. And that's all I'm really that's all I'm really saying. Right. We need to be much more missional than and less. So, so you're. So let me ask you because I want to make sure that I am understanding your point of view here. Okay. Because I, cool. it's it's important at least that I understand what you're saying. So what I so what I'm hearing and tell me if this is right. I'm hearing you say that it's not so much that you're opposed to somebody having a large church with thousands of people. It's just you're opposed to all the churches who don't have thousands of people aspiring to be that church. 
and that being their only view of what success is. To a point, yes, yes. I mean, that's a huge. I think that's a huge problem because I just I just got through back coming back from a conference that all these people are I understand dying completely. And they're, they're getting really and in context of that story that, that make I I agree and that's with where all you. This started started out was that no, one comment, and but, I so I agree with that completely. But, but I also understand that even though those mega churches have a whole bunch of people, I'm not saying that God's not working in the midst of that. But what I am saying is, I want to challenge. I don't care if you're a two member church or if you are a ten thousand member church. Uh, I. I feel God is challenging his church to be more missional and less attractional. I agree. So, so you know, less of, hey, come be with us or inviting you in as opposed to we're invited out by so, God. So you were talking, DG. You, you said you've got these small churches. They're just dying. They can't afford to do anything. They can't even afford to go out and get a projector to, to, sure. put, to right. put their sermon notes up on, the, on a screen. And you suggest that maybe, you know, if you could just get over the church is your identity thing and, and you could maybe sell off the property of one of this and join another church together and do shared resources uh, and 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 you guys can be the church together. Well, then maybe that's a good thing, right? Well, doesn't that is isn't that what a mega church or a larger church is doing? They're instead of going out and buying you know two hundred small buildings and trying to 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 do ministry through those. They instead have one large building that will allow them to pull all the resources of all those people together and more effectively use those. And 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 I will tell you that I've seen. I don't think a building's necessary to draw funds. What's that? <laughs> I, said, I don't think a building is necessary to draw funds. So you know, you, to gather funds for everything. I'm not saying it's necessary, but I'll tell you there's there's something about the synergy of bringing people together corporately. To worship God and 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 to worship God for what He is doing in the midst of people's lives throughout the week, it, it, it you know I I maybe it's just because that's what I've always experienced. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it has to be that way. No, I don't think that you're saying that at all. Yeah, but but I love I, I if I would not mind being a member of a church where they have a a four or five million dollar building. When if you consider the fact that if you took if you divided it out and uh, the number of people who come to that building on the weekend and you divide it out by 200 and you say how many 200 member churches can we build out of the number of people that attend here and then you spread it out out and to buy buildings for those people to be able to do corporate worship together on the weekends throughout their geographic regions then all of a sudden you're looking at you know 25 million dollars in real estate but what i'm saying is you're you're still thinking about a building i understand why can't you think about a house with smaller groups of people then you don't have to worry about spending millions of dollars that millions of dollars can go feed the people that are starving in africa and that church can actually be missional and being sent instead of still building a building to be able to say come be here so so instead of building 20 or 250 small buildings Mm -hmm. why not build one big building which is only a percentage of the cost which may still be four or five million dollars but is only a percentage of the cost and then the rest of you know let's just say that those other buildings would have cost a total of 25 million dollars if sure, you would have sure. and, Why and then build the building is my question you're still saying a building's necessary i'm not saying you're a saying building. a bunch of a bunch either a bunch of small buildings or a big building i'm saying no building i'm saying no building I, I, it's not necessary i'm not saying it's necessary i'm saying that it, it i i'm saying that i believe that building a place or having a place not building a place but having a place to corporately come together as the larger body of christ to celebrate and to have um, 
preaching and teaching of the word or whatever is 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 a good thing. I think that it is it it, it provides a purpose within the church. And, and I'm saying that it does not have to be a super large gathering of people. You can have the exact same experiences with Christ in a house with no music than you could with I'm, a no. huge long. No, nope. I, I think the depth of what you're talking about with relationship with Christ is not dependent on a large gathering of people. I, I believe, I believe that there's something about corporately gathering and Get, get, it, it, it's it's Acts twenty twenty. Let me let me go there. Hold on one second. Um, do, 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 Bible. Where are you? Acts twenty twenty. Acts twenty twenty. So basically, you know that I have not hesitated to preach to you anything that would be helpful, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. Um, Jesus, obviously, when he did his ministry, he oftentimes would go to the homes of people. He would have dinner with them. He would, he would meet with small group of people. Uh, but yet he also went out and spoke to large crowds of 5,000 and 15,000 people. Um, when it came down to it, when, when the, the day of Pentecost came, thousands of people gathered. Um, there is something that happens in the presence of a large gathering, corporate gathering of people that is, that is an experience that cannot be had in a, a group of eight or nine or 10 people. Completely disagree with you. Okay. Absolutely, with every fiber of my being disagree okay. with you. I, it does not depend on that. You're, you're, I think that what you're, when you're saying those things, you're putting God in a box by saying, God can't have this amazing experience unless it's a large group of people. That's what I hear. And I completely disagree with you. Okay. I think that Pentecost tongues of flame can be on a group of two people just as much as it could be on a group I'm of not, four million. I, but I'm not suggesting Pentecost and tongues of flame on a group of people. I'm talking about the, the corporate gathering of, of people. I, 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 I'll tell you what. I really. A corporate gathering could consist of. Ten or eight people? I don't think so. That's not a cor- that's a small gathering of people. That is a that is a gathering of people. Whether you use the term corporate or not, corporate is just a gathering of people. Oh crap! Now I got to do a Google search on corporate. What the dictionary? No, I'm Professor A. I am not saying that God cannot move in a group of seven thousand. I'm saying that large group is not required for God to move. And, and, and I agree with you. There's a difference between those two. I know that you agree with me. But yeah. I, I will, but I will tell you that there is, there are things that will never happen in a group of 12 people that will happen freely and openly in a, in a gathering of 15,000 people. I, I will tell you that I open up war. I, oh. What's what's that? Who's calling us? That's funny. I bet somebody is calling in right now. I want to be able some, to speak so much. Let me see. Okay, so so it was nobody. It's probably just the the folks over there at um, what is that place where the, the veterans? Mardell? The, no, the, the veterans <laughs> place. They want us to lay our stuff out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So um, what was that? Oh, okay. Let me let me explain something to you. I there are times when I love to worship God in. In a, in a, an environment where I, okay, King David, do you know, have you ever heard the song, uh, undignified? Yeah. I will mm-hmm. become even more undignified than this. Sure. You know, and it, and it's the story of how David, Dave Crowder band. Yeah, exactly. 
And the story of how King David was so caught up in the presence and the awesomeness of God that he could not withhold himself back anymore. And he basically stripped off his clothes and there he was out there dancing in his underwear in the middle of, of everything. And, and, and I will tell you, there are some times when I just want to become so unhindered by, by what surrounds me that, you know, I would love that I have experienced in, in a, in a larger gathering on a, during a corporate worship gathering where the band's playing and, and I am just throwing my arms up in the air, tears flowing from my eyes. I mean, I had just like, wow, God, I am so sorry about all the things that I totally screwed up, the things that, Absolutely, I clearly spit in your face and said, I don't care what you want from me. How miserable am I? And, and all of a sudden here, the, the music's playing and, and it's just, I feel the, the shame of all that I've done and just tears flowing from my eyes. And I will tell you what, there's something about being in a corporate gathering where the focus, we're not sitting in a circle. People aren't looking at me and I am just sold out completely worshiping God. I cannot experience that in a group of 12 people. Disagree. Because I believe that you could have that same experience by yourself right here by doing your almost daily devotion. I, I can have, but it, but that's not, the, I'm just telling you there is some <laughs> corporate gathering. I'm not you saying. Just, you just got through saying I can't have that unless it's a group of people. No, and then I said no, you no. can do it, have it here. And you're I like, I I'm can't not, have that. I'm not, well, I can't have, no, I, what I'm saying is I can't have that in a group of eight or nine people. And let me tell you something. Oh, I would have never. you could have it. I would have never thought to have an experience like that unless I saw other people having an experience like that. And it's like this. Okay, DG, watch this. Woo! You didn't jump up. Sorry, belly button. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. If I if I was at a stadium uh, with uh, a ton of, uh, of fans, you know, 15, 25,000 fans uh, at a basketball game, and I did that, chances, up, chances are that at least five or six other people might actually get up and do that. And, and there's a chance that that maybe if five or six other people do it, that we start this thing called a wave. You don't do it. You can't get a wave going for Jesus in a in a group of 12 people. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I, that was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was so just, No, but I, mob mentality is definitely going to be there. I, I think that that's going to happen. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm not saying God doesn't work through that. I'm just saying it doesn't. It's not required. I'm not I, I saying think, it's required. I, I know. I know you're not saying it, but I'm just clarifying the, the fact s- that in the scale of a of in the scale of thirty thousand people or sixteen thousand people or even or or even ten thousand people, what I'm saying is five million dollars for a building is not too excessive. Oh my gosh! I it's so completely. Oh my gosh! I disagree with you. I think I think that money could be used to empower the church to be sent instead of instead of expected God. I mean, Christ said, "Go and make disciples." He didn't say, "Stay right here, build a temple, and I'll send them to you." DG and the temple was destroyed at one point in time because Christ said, "Now I am the temple." DG, can and you, you expl- are the temple of the people? Can you explain to me? Uh, would could we have an enjo- could we this past Sunday have enjoyed the Super Bowl in the same exact way that we did this past Sunday? on three 13 inch black and white televisions in your home <laughs> mike I, i'm 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 serious you're making a big jump man no, it's hard I'm, for my brain to make that no jump. i'm i think this i think it's a perfect question to ask could we have enjoyed the super bowl on three 13 inch black and white tvs at your home this past week what is your definition of enjoyment huh 
What is your I, definition you tell me of what my, I, I, Based upon your definition if, of enjoyment. If, if enjoyment is being with a group of people and enjoying the same experience, then yes. Okay. In heartbeat, you could do it with a black and white. You could even do it with a radio. You could do it with a... So is it not excessive to buy a huge, gigantic, huge HD television? Or does that well, television... Well, sure, of course. Okay, so it, it, it's not... So you would say it's not necessary no. to buy an HD TV. No. But you certainly are okay with buying one, even though the resources between the difference between buying a black and white 13-inch television and buying right. a 60-inch Sony television. Exactly, and this is the perfect example because the reason that I bought the TV is I like it. And and, and here's the huge difference, Cliff. Okay. What is God like? Okay. If we take ourselves out of the equation, then worship is not about us. It is only about God, and we are there to lay our feet, before, lay our, our lives before His feet. Then is worship about God or about us? Is it that I like that worship style, or that I like a big group of people? Okay. Or is or is God desire for these things to occur? And and that's the big issue. Okay. I I totally get what you're saying. <coughs> All right. And so, this is be a great conversation. No, that's good. That's good. So, so By and, way, I, I, I love I you, Cliff. Had, I don't want anyone no. to think that we're not. <laughs> well, well, here, here's the deal. I, I, I want to tell you something, okay? And and I happen to know that some folks from Watermark listen to this, okay? And and so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be clear and I'm gonna be authentic and transparent here. And I hope that I don't offend anybody in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> the chat room's going crazy. I know. This is awesome. <laughs> so 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 I want I want to explain something to you. I am very consumeristic in my worship in that I sometimes very much desire to go to Rob's church on Sundays and, and be moved by and, and to enjoy the, the awesomeness of the type of worship that his church provides because I've been to his church and, and, and it's awesome. There, there's only one other church that I've been to that has the same style of worship. It's down in Lexington. It's a, it's actually a church called, uh, Southland which is a, is a very large church in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie and I used Our to... Our Southeast Christian in Louisville is like even larger than South and big time larger. Well, I, I've never experienced their worship, but I'll tell you, there, there's something about having a, this awesome worship band and, and music and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you, I, I would desire to go to that church because of what it does for me. Sure. All right. Sure. Now there, there are some churches in this area that have some good worship and stuff like that. Uh, when I, when I say good worship, the kind that, you know, my, to my taste and my desire. Right. right, Okay. And my church has, you know, some excellent contemporary music and stuff like that. It's just not done the way that quote unquote, it doesn't do anything for me. And of course I know, and I'm actually speaking the language that you're saying is a real issue in the church. And I agree. And, and there, there are times that, you know, I just recognize, you know, how crazy and consumeristic I am, but I still go to a church that does not provide to me that style of worship. I am, I'm in the church that I'm in because of what I think is the greater priority of the, the relationships and everything like that. Right. But right. I can say that we can have these relationships in a larger church. And I believe a church like North Point Community Church down in Georgia in Andy Stanley's church, I believe it is very similar uh, to what Watermark is in the way that in its philosophy of doing things. Yeah. And they have, and they have multi-million dollar buildings, but he, and, and here's some things number one, 
they paid cash for it. And it's like, that blows me away. I'd much rather, I'd much rather have a church. I'd much rather be a part of a church that, um, has 16,000 members who say, you know, we want to build a $5 million building, but we will not break ground until all $5,000 is in cash ready to build that building. Five million. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. I would much rather be a part of a church that that's that way than a church that has a $300,000 building campaign that, that has, you know, 200 people. And the only thing pledged so far is each person's pledged, you know, an extra $50 a month (laughs) towards the building. And they're going to go out and borrow $285,000 right now to start construction. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, although I, and and I saw something in here earlier in the chat room where, uh, I think it yeah, was to go up where the where we had the really long posts. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Anne says, uh, do, 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 "Do you really have to have complete knowledge of God to know who He really who really needs it?" That was we actually discussed. Oh, that was a uh, nation. Uh, we actually talked about that in the beginning. Uh, if let's see, the church Cliff is talking about would be unimaginable here. So I want to go and find out. Uh, Here, let me. I'll talk to Professor. He said, "My problem with you, DG, is that you seem to have a huge preference underlined for small churches over large churches, as a quote, as a underlined better way of expressing God's church, as opposed to my view that all of the expressions, cell church, big church, small church, home church, denominations, independent, liturgical, casual, are all legitimate ways of being the church." Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and and I I agree with you. I think that uh, is God worshipped in all these places. Definitely, no, no doubt in my mind. Um. But I, I do think the church needs to be able to um, be able to look at itself through the eyes of God and to, and to question ourselves and to constantly be able to say, are we doing what God wants us to do and to be? And I think that we've gotten into the church growth model so much that it has consumed not only the large, the large huge, uh, big churches, but even the small, small churches. And I, I think that for us to be able to get over that fact, we need to allow people to have more experiences in a small, in a small church, in a house church or, you know, or a really small church understanding where those relationships are really thick and deep for them to understand that it's not about a church growth model understanding that it really is ultimately about building relationships with people. And, and I'm not saying that those things aren't happening in large churches. I just think it'd be much more effective to bring the seesaw a little bit more balanced. Um, for example, I think right now the seesaw is really hinging deeply on the, on the church growth model. And all of the small churches are looking at that as that is successful. And, and we're not really saying, Hey, Christ, what is successful to you? What do, what do we care about? What bring up that, that depth that, that Cliff was just talking about. And I think sometimes to be able to bring that seesaw back instead of just all jumping into the middle, that there's got to be two or three people that are willing to jump on the far end. Uh, to, to at least bring a little bit of balance and then hopefully somewhere in the middle that balance can be found in the midst of all that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed about it. I completely believe that that to be more effective uh, in the world we live in today, that we need we need to put our focus not on an attractional model, but on a missional model. And I think that the missional model um, is more effective uh, at, at transforming the minds and the hearts of the people in a smaller setting. So, but I, I think those smaller settings are occurring within mega churches as well through their small groups. And, um, I know, uh, uh, there's a Methodist church called Ginghamsburg up in tip city. I think it's tip city. I don't know. There's some, some place in Ohio up there that they literally, I mean, they started up a house church, uh, ministry within their mega church mm-hmm. I mean, within their huge church. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, even the mega churches, and you go to go uh, go to Saddleback, you'll see all of them are saying, wait a second, maybe we leveled out. Maybe we hit a plateau of the number of people that could come, and maybe we can be able to now start seeing that we can start a house church movement as well as this huge you know, this big, large, mega well, church and, and that's, and that's, and that stuff's happening all over the place. Not just, you know, that's awesome. I think that's great. Well, that's what I, that's what I see happening in, in, in most of the, the, the larger churches is they, and what, what I love about it is the fact that they, okay, so they have a $5 million facility. Okay. And, and their church, they might be at six, 16,000, but you know what? Who knows? Uh, in, in three years, they might, you know, or four years, they might be at 22,000. They don't need to go out and buy a new building because they can take the same simple church method and multiply it out. And what they can do is they can rent out theaters. Uh, that's what North Point uh, Church does. Uh, now, they have gone out and, and actually built another building because, well, it, it just made more sense financially instead of renting this facility for this many people to come right. and corporately worship, which is not required, but yet right. <laughs> fulfills a purpose in their in what they do. Yeah, and multi, the multi-site model is, is something that's – it's. Well, it started out being really big, I don't know, about five years ago uh, is when it really kind of started jumping on the, the scene and the bandwagon. But once again, um, I the thing is, is I, I think that those larger churches, when they do multi-site, they really believe in their mind that they are being missional. They're going to the people. Right. Um, but even when they go to the people, no, I, I, they're, they're still trying to be attractional. They're still saying, come be with us. We're closer to you now. And still come to be with and us. And they're still, <laughs> they're still struggling with the same thing that the church with 20 people on the weekend struggle with. Exactly. And that's the church growth model of, of being an inviting church instead of being a church that's, that is invited. So, so, your, so. Your, your suggestion is there's the church, church growth model versus the missional model. Yeah, big time. And that's exactly I, I, what I'm talking about. And are you saying that you can't, but you're not saying that you can't have a large church, a mega church that has a missional model, though. Is that correct? No, I'm, I'm saying uh, that's actually happening. Good. I see a lot of mega churches and large, large churches that are making that shift to be able to say, "Wait a second, maybe we have been focused on ourselves too much. And we need to be more missional." Very I, that's cool. happening. And, and, happening. And, and going back and taking this all the way back about 40 minutes ago, <laughs> all I would say is that we cannot assume that all large churches are not missional. Correct. Oh, sure. Cool. They were just, oh. and my big thing was they were just they were founded on not being missional. No, I understand that, and that's and yeah. that's the issue I think that we're all dealing with. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that all of them aren't. They're, it's possible that some very large mega churches could be founded on a missional church. I think. I, I, I think. If, I truly if that was the case, then we would have had mega churches right off the bat. Well, I think if you look back, we did, and there's some persecution and. Some things that kind of kept it from growing too big and stuff. So mm. back in the early days, like Constantine. No, I'm, I'm t- talking I'm, Constantine early. I'm early, talking early. about that day when six thousand people were added to their number. Right. Sure. You know, that, but they didn't all stay there. No, they were sent I'm, out. They were to be a part of the Missio Day. They were, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So great discussion. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. Thank you, yeah, everybody who's listening. This is good stuff. Hopefully, we'll get some good emails and stuff like that. Yeah. How could they email us? They could. Well, I'll tell you what. We you can or email call, us. Call us. Yeah, call you, us. We'd prefer a phone call if you if you like because we'd love to hear your voice. The phone number is area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Again, that's area code eight five nine 
795-4067. It's a voicemail line. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And of course, if you want to email us, we'd first and foremost encourage you to take an audio program, a microphone, and yeah. record your feedback and then email it as awesome. an attachment That'd be awesome. to feedback at gspn.tv. But if you're too afraid to uh, maybe speak your mind in a audio form, Which or cool. maybe awesome. you just don't have the technology for it, then sure. go ahead and send us an email. And you can do that at feedback at gspn.tv. Feedback at gspn.tv. And please become a Plus member. Seriously, consider that. Everybody. Yeah, That's support this com- kind of conversation, generally speaking, about the church. Um, it's it's what I do for a living here, podcasting, new media work. And, uh, it, you know, Plus membership is very big in, in being a part of me being able to do this and bring DG here every week and, and argue with him, which is totally a lot of fun. <laughs> it's tons of fun. <laughs> gspn.tv slash plus is how you can support that. And, of course, we have one general generous person out there who did make a good donation to what we're doing here and simply asks us to remember to pray for somebody in our area, a church, a local church in our area that is not our own. And until next time, folks, we just encourage you to join the community. We're out of here. Take it easy. Bye-bye.